can't relate. Straight talk going, say not safe. Before you cross me, look both ways. Leaving the scene with no trace. None in my lead. You out of place. I'm not at the top. I'm outer space. Can't eat with us. We're out of place. I'm doing fine. I'm feeling great. You're not my fan. You can't relate. Straight talk going, state to state. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your host, your boy, George McKay. I'm back. And man, oh man, it is December. We're getting a straight line into Christmas, but also we're getting right around the corner from Destiny Wrestling's December 19th show. And I got somebody who is going to be one of the, well, in my opinion, it's going to be one of the matches to watch for sure. He's going to be versing Gabriel Fuerza, mask versus hair. And we'll get into that a little bit later on. But without further ado, let me welcome to Straight Talk for the first time, but not the last time. I can guarantee you that. L Reverso. How are you, sir? Great, great. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you for giving me the time. Like I say, anyone that's going to give us the time and allow us to talk about them and just have a conversation about wrestling, uh, we're so appreciative of it because you guys got lives, you guys got schedules. Making a time for us, that means the world. As wrestling fans and as podcasters. So thank you for the time. Awesome. No problem. I can talk wrestling any day, all day. So that's well, easy. <laughs> well, that's great because so as uh, the mini host, mini host five questions will drop right the Saturday before this episode drops. And um, you mentioned one of your early influences, Owen Hart. I mean, I right away, you and I are going to connect on so many levels. Owen Hart is literally one of my all time favorites. I put him top five. It really depends on the mood I'm in. But for me, it goes top three anyways, Triple H. Sting, Owen Hart. Those are my, that's my Mount Rushmore. And if I got to add a fourth, then a fourth for me, it really depends. A lot of people might agree, might disagree, but just because I sat down with him and his mind is so incredible for the business, Al Snow would be on my Mount Rushmore. Oh yeah, for sure. He's definitely like, for me, Al Snow would be in the Mount Rushmore of teachers, like people that are available to teach the next generation. He is so knowledgeable. Al Snow is tremendous. And if we're going Mount Rushmore's, I honestly, my Mount Rushmore, I know so quick, it's Jericho. And like I said, Ultimo Dragon, Rey Mysterio, and Owen Hart. That's that's it for me. It doesn't get any better than that. No, you can't. You can't really say your, your Mount Rushmore is fantastic. I mean, that's picture-perfect Mount Rushmore. But you mentioned the Blue Blazer, and we unfortunately know what happened when he reprised the Blue Blazer for the last time. It was a sad day in wrestling all around because somebody decided to cheap out and use a shitty-ass clip, as Dark Side of the Ring so thoughtfully pointed out to us. Um, but the legacy the man's left behind, I mean, if you think about it, right, uh, so many years later, we're still talking about him, talking about the good times, always loving to hear an Owen story, even if you heard it a thousand times. Uh, like when I met Bret Hart, I asked him for an Owen story, and he told me the same story that he said at the Hall of Fame. But you know what? It was like hearing it for the first time. I laughed. Oh, yeah. Uh, I smiled. Owen Hart touched so many lives, even if you never met him or never got a chance to see him live. You can go back now through the archives and just watch a master at work. Arguably, hands down, one of my favorite matches of all time, him versus Brett, WrestleMania 10. I mean, is that not textbook? If I was going to do a wrestling school, that would be one of the first matches. I That would be lesson number one. Sit down, watch this, shut up, and study it. Would you not agree? Oh, 100%. I mean, it's got so many different levels to it and so many different dimensions from being just like top athletes to being brothers and having to compete with each other and one being overshadowed by the other. There's just so many depths. Do you know what I mean? The stories just don't get told like that anymore. They don't have the, 
the patience and the time frame to really let them develop. You know what I mean? Things get put out so fast from one week to the next. They're already moving on to the next topic. They don't really let things really slowly develop like that and really sink in. You know what I mean? The emotion can get pretty high when there's so much on the line and it's been happening for so long. Sometimes, you know what I mean? It gets thrown by the wayside with how good that actually was. So I agree with you. Yeah, I would definitely put that in the uh, educational series of how to, how to do things right. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know what? You're right. That storyline. I mean, a lot of people just remember that being the culmination, but that wasn't the culmination. That was kind of the midpoint. The culmination was at SummerSlam a few months later in that steel cage match. And a lot of people don't yes. know that people are like, oh, well, Owen beat Brett WrestleMania 10 and it was over. No, no, no. That was just that we were halfway through the story. We hadn't even really got, in my opinion, we had not got to the meat and potatoes until that cage match. And it sucks because that cage match doesn't get the credit that it should, in my opinion. Exactly. I think the same thing. I think the psychology behind it was just tremendous. You know what I mean? I think it was so well done. You know, it's honestly, I go back and it's one of my favorites. And it, I, after that, I remember I always we used to play wrestling in uh, grade school and I always picked Owen Hart. That was always my favorite was Owen Hart. So yeah. I was, I, I went between, I went between Blackheart and Nugget. I just I love the the caution tape. I love the 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 just the so so over the top animated about I am better than everybody else. And you know what the funny thing was? On camera, he literally would say that, but behind camera, the most humblest man you ever met in your life would give you the shirt off his back. I remember uh, when I interviewed TJ Wilson, he told a story about how one of his first events, Owen paid for everyone to fly out out of his own dime. Wow. He paid for like pretty much the whole Hart family to go out and just witness wrestling at its finest. And if you think about it, it's the reason Owen Hart's Owen Hart left left us so soon. But the legacy he left was amazing. T.J. Wilson, Natty Neinhart, um, you know, Davy Boy Smith's son Harry Smith, all had integral parts. Owen had integral parts to play in all of their careers, even Teddy Hart. He had so much in uh, so much of their career was built around him. Yes, Brett was the excellence of execution. Best there is, was, and never will be. But Owen, uh, that that, that storyline resonates to me because I felt Owen, that was playing on some real emotion. He never would yeah, tell yes. you, but I, I honestly feel like Owen had that chip on his shoulder because everything was in the 90s. It was Bret Hart over everybody. Yes. Yeah. And Owen was so talented. He really was. And he showed it. And I don't think his influence limits to just you know, the family, like if you look throughout wrestling, I mean, you can look and see Kevin Owens. That's the, a, a big example right there. I mean, like it, without Owen Hart, we don't have Kevin Owens. You know what I mean? And like the style, like I'm pretty sure like anyone would tell you Tyler Black, Seth Rollins, like uh, his style of wrestling is just a, a basically very similar. You know what I mean? So it, I think that, you know, like you're right. His, his presence is felt just throughout and for being there, the amount of time that he was, the impact is just, it still persists to this day. And you still see people just, you know what I mean? It's so influenced and so emotional when they talk about Owen Hart and how much he meant to them. Absolutely. And you know what? That's that's the great thing you mentioned. The great segue. See, we're already clicking. You mentioned uh, that overwhelming sense that, of how he, he left so much of a legacy behind. And I would have to say, in a lot of ways, the way you present your character, you leave it all out there, much like he did. Everything is 120, 150%. Even when you come out to the ring, there's no time. I mean, you smile. You're you're, you're always there like, hey, I'm, I'm so excited to be here. But the minute you step in that ring and you do your pose at the top rope, as soon as you jump down, it's all business. I notice the smile right away leaves your face like you're so happy to perform for everyone. But when it comes down to it, if you're staring eye to eye with someone, it's game over. And what I noticed is that I actually noticed the storyline percolating 
a lot uh, between you and Gabriel. I saw it. I saw it a little bit in August. And then we saw it at the last show in October, the Halloween show. And then it popped. It was like, boom, this is it. We're not, no more fatal four ways. No more spots here and there. No more dealing with two other guys for it always to be us as the final two. And now you pin, you pin me twice. You know, shame on me, you pin me twice. But now you're going to attack who I am as a wrestler. You're going to say, because I'm not Lucha, I'm not, I'm not full out, you know, 100% Lucha. Yeah, okay, so what? But the fact is that you don the mask with nothing more than respect. So my first big question for you here is, Reverso, when somebody stares at you across the ring and says, you're not blood, you're not this culture's background. How dare you don this mask? How dare you disrespect our, our culture and everything we stand for? How did that make you feel? Because I felt when you cut your promo on Gabriel, it was a lot of real emotion. Like, you know what? Screw you, dude. I earned this mask and I earned this right to represent who I am. I would say that that's very accurate. Um, I'm going to have to go back a little bit and uh, talk like, yeah, I would definitely say there is some tension between me and Fuerza. I mean, I it could be just... Uh, at the base of a misunderstanding because like he might feel that I am just like, and I would not hold it against him that he might feel that I'm, I'm wearing this as a means of just like a sarcasm or like as a joke or disrespectful, or I just think it's a game, but I really don't. As I said to, to you earlier, my, my Mount Rushmore, you know what I mean? There's, there's some masks on there. Three out of the four wore a mask. You know what I mean? And uh, I respect the Lucha style uh, as much as like, I, I do everything I can to show that. Uh, I don't ever call myself a luchador because I am from the Yukon and I will expand on that a little bit more. Uh, so that's why I call myself a luchador because uh, it's not the exact, you know what I mean? It's kind of the opposite of where you expect to find a luchador from. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've been told that I don't belong all my life. As I was saying to the little host that uh, that's kind of the basis of reverso is that when you think that I don't belong and when you think that I am a certain way, I can kind of turn that around and prove to you that I do belong. And uh, like I was saying that I, resilience is in my blood. I, I'm from uh, Destruction Bay, Yukon, and Destruction Bay got its name because uh, when the building structures were being set up by the government, the harsh like winds and the weather was so bad, it, it constantly knocked the, the, the structures down. So in order for uh, like a stable civilization to get set up there, they, we constantly had to keep rebuilding, keep rebuilding. So every time a building got knocked over, every time someone told me I couldn't do it, I just picked myself back up and we picked up that building. So that resilience is just, it's in my blood and it's never going to go away. And just like you said, like when I, when I'm coming out, I'm happy to see the fans. I know that I'm going to put out my best effort and I know that they're going to see something special. But then when my opponent comes out, that's when the winds begin to pick up and that's when the, the seriousness begins to happen. And that's when it's not a game anymore. That's when I have to prepare for the best. Absolutely. And when it comes down to the best in Ontario, in terms of speed, agility, and high flying, uh, there's nobody better than you and Fuerza. I'll put that on stand now. I'll put that on wax right now. You two go 110. So now I got to ask, right? You two have been in a lot of fatal four ways, at least at Destiny. You've been in a lot of fatal four ways together, a lot of fatal five ways, a lot of just mixed action. But now there's no running over this guy, pinning this guy, moving this guy out of the way to get to it. He's literally going to be right across the ring from you. He said everything he had to say. He already planted the seed. He's got, he's got a little bit in your head. Let's be honest. He's definitely renting space subconsciously or unsubconsciously. He's there. He's in your head and he knows that. So let's get that out right now. He's in your head. You know that. But how do you counteract the cockiness and the mind games of Flairza? Because the tough task here is reversal. He can back, he can walk it 
and he can talk it. There's few guys that can, but he can. So how do you prepare for not only the mouthpiece that he has, but the fact that he can literally match you move set for move set because you both very mirror one another, whether he likes to admit it or not, you do. I think the best way I can prepare for that is just to prepare the same way that I would for any other challenge. And I have to go in as confident and as serious as I possibly can. Like you said, he's a challenge and he's one of my toughest challenges yet, but I have to go in there with that mindset. Just like I said out to everybody else that they, they think that I can't do it. They think that I don't deserve it. And I'm going to go in there and show them that I do. I'm going to go in there and give every ounce that I have and prove to him that not only can I hang with him, but that I might have that extra little step. I might have that extra gear. I might have that extra notch that I can, that I can hit when I need to. And honestly, without bodies in the ring, it might work to my advantage because maybe he can't jump me from behind. Maybe he can't take advantage of my attention being drawn somewhere else. You know, I, I, he has to focus on me and I have to focus on him. I like that. That's the strongest way I think to go into this match is to know that it's mano y mano. There's no excuses here. And you, you, in my opinion, you laid, you laid out more of a, a tougher uh, prospect than he did because the fact is he's just going to shave his head. That'll grow back. But if you, as we all know in Lucha Wrestling, the mask is the ultimate sign of disrespect. If it's tried to get pulled off your head, and that's what he tried to do. He tried to reveal who you are. Now, yes, if you go on your Instagram, we all know your name. We all do. But the fact is, is that you wear the mask to hide your identity. If this match does not go your way, and you do have to unmask, are you prepared to just go on as Dan? Or will you still be El Reverso? But without the mask, it's a question we got to ask because we have to prepare for the inevitable if it happens. I'm not saying it's going to, but it might. It might. It's crossed my mind. I'm not going to lie. But uh, to tell you the truth, I haven't, I haven't thought about it because in my mind, I'm going to get through this with my mask. I've had my mask for 15 years and I don't plan on losing it. And it's not so much a part of uh, I hide my identity it's much more a part of, it makes me feel uh, special. It's the thing that when I put that mask on, like I said, the, uh, people look down on Dan Paisano when I don't wear the mask, but when they don't know it's Dan Paisano in the ring and I wear this and I do all the flips, then the opposite is true is I, I do, I do. And at first when I was younger, I didn't have the confidence to, to, to admit to people that I belong here. You know, this mask helped breed that confidence in me. So the thing that's going to be challenging is, having that confidence to go out to the ring without the mask on because it's never something I've ever had to do ever. So that's going to be a new challenge if that were to happen. But to tell you the truth, like I said, I'm not even thinking about that. As far as I'm concerned, I'm walking away December 20th with my mask still on my head. That's, that's, that's honestly, I think that's a great mindset to have. I mean, yes, you said it hasn't crossed your mind, but like I like we spoke about, he, he's got a little bit of space in your head. There is some room. He's renting space. He is. He's renting. He's not paying but he's got some space. He does because he said a lot of things that were like brash, a lot of things that were very mm -hmm. unkind, if you will. I, I, I fuck it. You know what? I swear all the time. He said a lot of shit that made me want to punch him in the fucking face. I'll be honest with you. He did. He did. He did. But the fact is, is that not only do I respect Fuerza, uh, I appreciate him when he's talking shit like that. I'm like, fuck dude, you're lucky. I'm not staring at you across the ring. Now, mind you, if I was staring at him across the ring, I would be losing.
because I could not hang or keep up with him in any aspect. And I know this. That's why, you know what they say, Dan, it's the, or El Reverso, sorry. We're, we're going to stick with Reverso because it's the right thing to do. But uh, you know what they say? Those who can't do, talk about it. Those who can't do, teach. I can never teach it because I've never lived it, but I can talk about it because I've been a fan. So let's talk about your childhood in Destruction Bay, Yukon. How did you... I mean, let's be honest, probably not the strongest cable satellite signals out there, probably not the strongest phone signals out there. Buildings falling down around you. It's very hard to sit back and just enjoy some wrestling with shit toppling yes. left and right. But how did you discover your Mount Rushmore, if you will? How did you fall in love with wrestling? Because I'm interested to know, being from the Yukon, if anybody doesn't know, just look it up on a map. It's literally the second coldest province in Canada next to the Northwest Territories. And it literally is, it's just, there's no it's way to describe yeah, it's, it. It's, it's tough. It's a tough place to live. That's true. Very. They, they pay people to live there. Just to, to let people, the government pays people to exist there. So yeah, uh, my dad was a big wrestling fan. His dad was a big wrestling fan. And my dad, uh, we had to have one of those big satellite dishes, you know, like the cartoony big ones that you think that you're sending a signal out to. We had that in the backyard, honestly. It was the, the half the size of the house. Nice. And so we got the WWE TV on uh, USA. It was WWF at the time. And then during the Monday Night Wars, when uh, WCW was on TNT, we were picking up those as well. So basically the Monday Night Wars and uh, the old 80s WWF was my original introduction into uh, professional wrestling. And then once I got to be about... 14, 15, and I got to high school and such, and the, into the tape trading, like I had the VHS tape trading was big when I was in, you know, the late nineties and high school and stuff like that. So that was, uh, I'm dating myself there a little bit, but yeah, <laughs> that was, uh, that's okay. I was about to say, don't feel bad, man. Mixtapes in my high school was all about mixtapes. Yo, you heard the new Biggie Smalls? Not yet, bro. Get into it. Here you go. <laughs> that's what it was, man. That's what it was. That's true. And when you're passionate about it, like we were at that time, you know what I mean? You found every avenue to watch something new. Oh, this guy, I haven't seen him. Oh, he was on here. So yeah, you know, that's definitely, uh, that's definitely how it got started. That's how I discovered my Mount Rushmore. And as you can see, like all of them were on that WWF, WCW type TV. And that was my maximum exposure. So. Absolutely. So for anybody who's, I mean, obviously some of my listeners are young, you're millennials, if you will, a VHS tape. Uh, I want to say it's about as big as this Kleenex box. Yeah. Yeah, okay. that's accurate. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Hold on. I've got it. Hang on. This, ladies and gentlemen, is a VHS tape. Yes. Now, this would slide into VCR, or as you guys, instead of pushing the open button and the tray would slide out in a DVD player or a Blu-ray player, no, no, you would push this in, and it would close, and it would play. And then at the end of it, you could have just taken the disc out, and it would be rewound. No, no. You had to rewind. And in some cases, depending on how old your VCR was, you had to hold down the rewind button. And that shit took a long fucking time. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. There's your pop culture lesson for today. Okay. Don't say you don't learn anything here at Straight Talk because we try to make every moment teachable. We do. So VHS bootleg tape-tating. I was part of that, too. Uh, my cousin is the reason why I discovered ECW. He lived in Philly. He sent me so many tapes. And just blew my mind wide open. I didn't know that wrestling could be that violent. I was so used to drink your Ovaltine, say your prayers, you know, eat your vitamins. Yeah. I was so used to that nonsense that I didn't know there could be edgy. I didn't know there could be raw, real emotion. I didn't know that you could literally use every weapon. And not only was it legal in that particular promotion, but it was embraced. So, I mean, it, it, 
definitely you're right. Maximum exposure for sure. But then you decide to start training. You, you get told you're not going to, you're not going to cut it. You're not going to make it because of your size and your stature. Did that put that chip on your shoulder? Did that make you want to work even harder? So you could go back and say, Hey, everyone that said I couldn't make it right there. Yep. 100%. Oh yeah. It, it, I was, uh, because of what I was a smaller guy, I was kind of the bump dummy in school too. I would take the, I would uh, agree to take the bumps for everybody. I would take all the falls. You know what I mean? I, everyone wanted to practice a move or anything like that. Cause I just wanted to show them that I could hang too. You know what I mean? Not only could I uh, wrestle, but also I could take the punishment as well too. You know what I mean? It was something that when I was younger, I had a lot of pride in showing that I was tough. I was resilient. You know what I mean? That not only was it in my blood, but it was, it was right here on the surface as well too. You know? So I did, I did have that chip from a very young age. I uh, got into the ring, like after six months of training was my first match. So obviously that just goes to show I had that passion and fire right out of the gate, you know? And uh, yeah, luckily enough, uh, I moved to Windsor, Ontario where Can-Am wrestling school was. And uh started going to border city and the the people that were there around the time in 2005, 2006, when I, when I first started wrestling, I mean, I was incredibly geographically fortunate. I mean, we'd have AJ styles and uh, amazing red and Petey Williams and Chris Saban and Alex Shelley, and they'd all be on the same show. You know, it was just something else. It was phenomenal. Just stop rubbing it in. Stop rubbing it in. That hurts my feelings as a wrestling <laughs> fan. Stop rubbing it in. Yeah. Okay. So don't, don't do that. It's not nice. It's not nice. Okay. <laughs> no, but you're right. That's, that's a killer. That's a killer card. That's a killer set of yes. people. And to have that on the same car, I mean, that's, that's got, that's got pay-per-view of the year caliber written all over it. Right. Oh, and yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. so even at border city, did you get a lot of slack at border city? Like why, why, why are you even trying? Did you get oh, stuff yeah. like that? What, yeah. After, uh, after my match was done, if I took my mask off and I, and I went and walked around, I was, you're not allowed to tell anyone you're a wrestler, pretend you're the ring crew and you know, stuff like that. Like, uh, I, I took a lot of flack like that, especially when I was, uh, when I was younger, you know what I mean? That's, that's kind of just like, I think the, the paying the dues of ever anybody, you know, and then you, you work hard and you let that, like, you let it fuel you. You know what I mean? There's so many people that have been told that they're small and skinny and that, you know what I mean? They're never going to make it. And they just let it fuel them and they take that time. And it's a, it's a, it's a, it's not a sprint. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a, it's a long run and it takes a, a lot of time to get to that end goal. You know, it's a marathon. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. And uh, you know what I mean? It, it's not going to happen overnight. And as you know, I mean, it, I've been wrestling since I, 2005, 2006. And just right now, you know what I mean? Things are really starting to pick up steam. I'm starting to get across Canada. Things are starting to go really, really well. So uh, I can't complain. I'm, I'm very fortunate. I'd say at the moment. Well, I, I think that's a resident to, uh, uh, to you, a tip of the hat to you and all the work you put in. Yeah. You got the flack. Yeah. You took the bumps. Yeah. You had to prove yourself, but now there's no more need to prove anymore because people are seeing eyes are open. Like I said, I was very, I'm very fortunate to be affiliated with destiny. I'm very fortunate to have a relationship with George and I'm very, I'm very fortunate to um, be able to see some of the talent that he's brought in, but also the homegrown. What I love about the Iceman is that he's really good about building up the home, the homegrown talent. And it seems like if you're, if you're homegrown and you work your ass off, good things come. Example, Josh Alexander, Speedball Mike Bailey, two guys that were signed to impact in a destiny ring, both by Scott Demore. And that shows that the tie into impact is huge because Scott Demore is almost at every destiny show that he could possibly make it out to. He is there and he's always got eyes and the fact is, is that what better talent to have than in your own backyard? He's so pro fucking Canada that how can you not love Scott Demore? He literally exactly. is so pro Canada. And what I love about him is that not only is he pro Canada, but he's pro wrestling. He, he yes. storylines and impact aren't flashy, 
The storylines in Impact have been done 50,000 times. But the great thing about Impact is that when they do them, they give you that real emotion. Like when Josh Alexander won the Impact World title, I cried. I literally, I was like, finally. And then Moose came in and fucked everything up. Yeah, yeah. just, just, yeah, yeah. no, not only did he rip my heart out, but he did a, he did a full-blown, uh, you know, dust till dawn. He ripped my heart out, then he stuck a fucking pencil in it, then he lit it on fire. <laughs> yes, yeah, 100%. Yeah, and he just, you're just sitting there going, you're just sitting there going, wishing he had a penis gun so you could shoot him in the face. I had to go with, I had to go with the dust till dawn reference. I had to keep it going. I, it just couldn't stop it there. I had to keep it going. <laughs> But you know what what I'm saying, right? And it's storylines like that, so simple, been done 50,000 different ways. But when Impact Mm -hmm. does it, you feel it more. Yeah, there's there's an emotion attached to it. You know what I mean? It actually has a semblance of realism to it. You know what I mean? They're they're really, really well done. They're really well done. I I just can't say enough good things about them. And honestly, with Scott Demore, it's recognizing that talent too. I don't think that if Destiny wasn't putting out the talent that they were and they weren't fostering that homegrown uh, talent into rising them up and to be bigger stars, I don't think Scott would be hanging around giving these people contracts, you know what I mean? So not only is it a testament to Scott Demore recognizing Canadian talent, but it's also a testament to Destiny Wrestling, bringing in that top talent for Scott Demore to be able to see and recognize that they belong on another level. Absolutely, 100% agree with you. There's nothing I could say that I don't agree with you. Uh, so the simple fact is, is that when you were training and you were getting ready to make your debut, and you talked about your Mount Rushmore being these masked icons, being these char- these larger-than-life luchador characters. Did you automatically settle on El Reverso, or were there layers to you? Did you don the mask from the very first time stepping through for your debut match, or did you have to go through different avenues to find El Reverso? See, this is something I was a little emotional in the ring. My very first match, actually, I didn't wear my mask. But it was kind of like uh, it's, it was like a student show. You know what I mean? We had a smaller venue at a bar here in Windsor. And I think uh, like I brought up the idea of wearing the mask to Scott and he said it was a good idea. But he said that everyone has to wrestle their first match without a gimmick. They just wrestle as who they are. So uh, technically, even though everyone knows my name, I've already wrestled as Dan Paisano, but I've only done it once in a very small thing. No one's really seen it and uh after that even scott told me he's like you didn't have to do that actually i was just kind of making i was ribbing you kid you know what i mean he's like (laughs) put the mask on you're gonna do just fine you know what i mean and he's like you you know he actually encouraged me to wear it because it was different it was something that wasn't very uh common in in ontario at the time and he knew that uh with my move set and everything that i was doing that it would stand out and he was absolutely right hundred percent. It does stand out. It leaves, it leaves an impression. It does. It leaves an impression and it makes, it makes us, it, it gives us, it gives us that little sense of mystery, mysterio, if you will. It gives us that little sense of mysterio that you want, you want to see more. And the, the funny thing is, is that uh, every time I've seen you, I've never seen your feet on the mat for more than three seconds as you're running to a rope or to a turnbuckle, or diving through. And the thing is, man, it's like you are built like a fucking Spartan. Dude, you go out there, and the funny thing is, is that I don't I don't think I've ever seen a drip of sweat on you. It's like you're built to just go. And it's... Thank you. I've been yeah, working so hard. I, well, honestly. it's rightfully deserved. And again, I'm not kissing your ass, and I'm not, I'm not sitting there trying to hit on you and be like, hey, Dan, you know, maybe I'll take you out for drinks after. It's none of that. It's just I can appreciate when you put the work in, well, I would take you out for a beer after anyways, but it would just be two guys shooting yeah. shit. But um, 
if you can put the work in and do that, but like I said, there's no slow in your motor. The slowest I've ever seen you in a wrestling match is when you're walking out to the ring because you're giving everybody high fives and you're being all excited. But after that, you're like a flash of lightning. You really are. And it's, and it's sometimes it's hard to see. It's like a tennis match. <laughs> oh my God. My neck is killing me. After I told my daughter at the last Destiny show, I said, fucking reversal, man. He's all over the goddamn place. And now everything's all tight. Now I got to get mom to massage me. And that's just a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure as a fan. When you're a fan of reversal, you really got to just have your head on a fucking swivel. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. And honestly, like with the pandemic, with everything that, that uh, came, like it was tough because I spent a lot of time away from wrestling before. And that was a, a little bit more of a choice. But this time with the pandemic, it wasn't really a choice. It was taken away and we had nothing we could do about it. It could, we couldn't go back to it or anything. And so it kind of like it, it just, it was so important to me to get back in the right way and to show that I'm not going to take this time for granted. You know what I mean? I'm really going to put value, the same value that I, uh, that I put on it mentally, I'm going to put on it physically and put that you know, show everybody what it means to me this time around. And I think that I've really established that I've really shown how serious and how much it means to me. I've really shown that I'm going to go in there and like you said before, give 110% every time bounce off the ropes, bounce off the walls and never leave a dull moment for people to enjoy. hundred percent. And anybody that hasn't uh, seen any of his work, uh, search up what you can on YouTube, find clips, check out the straight talk page. I have a lot of great highlights from a lot of his matches at the destiny show. So check it out. But it's uh it's, it's something to see. It's poetry in motion, and it's some of the finest work that I've ever seen. And I, I can't wait. I can't wait. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm a fan of Fuerza. I am. I got an autograph there. I got another one I'm waiting to frame. I've got like four of his shirts. I'm all in on Gabriel Fuerza. I think he's the future of this business, 100%. But so are you. And even though you've, you've been around for 16 years, you are a vet by standpoints, but you still got so much more left in the tank and so much more to prove. And it's going to be something crazy to see. And uh, you know what? Uh, now, I mean, obviously, when I get that shirt, we'll have to find a place for an autograph on the wall because I got to get reversal hanging on the wall of fame. It's got to be there. So well, you bring good. me you bring me that shirt. You bring me that autograph. And Destiny, I'm going to pick that up for sure. But to all those people that still doubt you, to all those people that still think you're kind of a little bit of a joke, and I don't mean to be brash, but here on Straight Talk, we speak it how it is. We say it whether you like it or not. What, what would you, now that you have a platform, you have a platform that's all yours, what would you say to those people who still don't believe our reversal is the real deal? Those people, I would say they probably haven't come and seen me in person because if they see the athleticism and the speed and the heart and the passion in person, I guarantee I would reverse that opinion. I guarantee it. Okay. You're, you're 100% right. You, I, I never had an opinion. I just became a fan. I like the way you work. And I was like, this guy can work. I'm all about him. Anybody that anybody that steps through those ropes and goes like you and goes like Ferris, the only problem is, is that I'm probably going to have to bring a couple ice packs because everything's going to be hurt. You two are going to like, I believe you two are going to steal the show. I'll put my stance on it now. That's going to be a banger of a show because every Destiny show is a banger. But I'm going to say you guys are going to be match of the night. I'll put a stance on it. 100% match of the night. I'll reverse Gabriel Fuerza. Hands down, there's there's no there's no more match that night. That I'm always excited to see every match of Destiny, but that's the one I'm specifically going to have my eyes on, and I can't wait to see what you guys. Now, here's another question to ask: Fuerza, as great as he is, he plays dirty. He eye pokes, he 
pulls hair. He'll slap you when the ref's not watching. He'll low blow. He'll do all that stuff. Not only do you have to deal with his arrogance and the fact that he doesn't like what you represent or where you get your your uh, character and passion from, but you've also got to deal with the underhandedness. So how do you prepare for that as well as preparing for how skilled he is in the rink? I think I have to keep my head on a swivel. I have to be prepared to just uh, take anything. I mean, those shots, they're going to come at any point in time. And I know that he doesn't respect me as much professionally. And I'm going to get in there and I'm going to earn that respect. And all I have to do is just weather the storm. Any low blow that's going to come is another gust of wind looking to push over the hut. Any cheap shot, eye rake, it's just another attempt to knock the, knock the house over. But every time I'm just going to build it back up. And I ain't losing that mask. I, I mean, this means so much more to me than a lot of people would understand. Uh, when you say match of the night, I mean, like, there's more at stake than just a win or a loss here. This is my entire livelihood. So um, to anyone that doubts whether or not we're going to go out there and put on a, a great match, I mean, I, I'd rather die than take this thing off. So I'll, I'll, I'll tell those people that right now that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it everything I have to make sure that this thing stays on my head. So let's say, because I'm never one to predict anything, because most of the time when I predict stuff, it's completely wrong. If you watched my full gear watch along, every match I picked, I didn't get any of it right. It, I should have. I should have, but I didn't get any of it right. So I, I'm not one to pick a winner or a loser. I just know it's going to be entertaining. But I got to pose this question to you. If you keep your mask and at the end of it, you shave his head. And as the fans are cheering for you, if everyone in the audience were to turn their phones off and put them away, would you, for the destiny faithful, where no one could see, would you take it off for us? I got. I, I know it's a tough question, but I got to ask, because it's straight talk, baby. That's what we do. I'd have to say destiny wants to see my face. They're going to have to hope for the wins, I guess, then. Mm. that's the only way i mean they can creep my facebook and they've seen it there before so i mean if they really 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 want to i mean it's available but uh yeah on december 19th it, the only chance i'd say that they're gonna see it is if uh i'm looking up at the ceiling afterwards and i like i said um, the air better be out of my lungs the pulse better be out of my veins and you know I'll, i ain't going down without a fight hundred uh, percent. I I know you won't. Cause like you said, this, there's so much more than just a winner or loss here. This is everything you've built. This is your entire livelihood. This is the reason you go 150 because mm -hmm. you have this shield, this part of you, this extra layer that makes you do everything. When you put that mask on, like you said, you have wings. It literally gives you, mm -hmm. it's like, it's like your own personal Red Bull without the diabetes. It's great. Oh yeah. It's true. I, I honestly equate it. I don't know if anyone's like uh, a Power Rangers fan, but I equate it to having my own like morpher to change, like to change into a Power Ranger. I just feel stronger. Like I can take on more, you know? Okay. So we're aging ourselves because we're both nineties kids. So the Power Rangers was a thing. Okay. Here's my beef with the Power Rangers. Okay. Here's my beef with the Power Rangers. I always got stuck being the Blue Ranger and nothing wrong with the Blue Ranger. Okay. Billy was a nice, a nice guy. But man, I wanted to be the Black Ranger. I wanted to have that edge to me. I wanted to be the Red Ranger. I wanted to be angry. I wanted to be fucking the Green Ranger. You know what I mean? I wanted to be that dark character. I wanted to be the White Ranger. Nah. Okay. We're going to play Power Rangers, guys. I'm Jason. I'm Dan. Hey, George, you're going to be Billy. Fuck!
Why? Come on. I was always Jason. I was always the Red Ranger. Red's my favorite color, and I could never be the fucking Red Ranger. Red's my favorite color, too. That's why I got them all the time. No one else liked red. So I was lucky that I actually liked red. And no one else liked them. So that's funny. <laughs> no, I, nobody liked, no, the guy, the guys, my buddy who always played Jason, he didn't like red. He just, oh, I like Jason. Jason's who I am. No, you're not. You're not fucking Jason. I'm fucking, you're not fucking Jason. You asshole. Yeah, you eat Billy. Yeah, you <laughs> stupid Billy. Nobody cares about Billy. If the show ended tomorrow, it could just be four Power Rangers, red, black, pink, and yellow. Nobody cares about yeah. blue. <laughs> yet but you know what we we had it we we were spoiled as kids in the 90s man i think about it. we were we were like young kids in the 80s we were becoming teenagers in the 90s and man oh man did we have the best we had he-man we had fucking thundercats okay then we gravitated towards power rangers we had fucking pokemon before all this shit now we had just the old school ash ketchum man he's on his journey with pikachu we had all that shit we had sailor moon we had all that great stuff and then it got taken away. And now our kids are like, oh, dad, did you see uh, the new Pokemon game? Yeah. Okay, I did. I had fucking cards back in the day, too. Okay. You're not the first generation that had this shit. It's true. Our generation grew up, remembered how cool it was, and brought it back for our gener- our kids. <laughs> I'm a big I'm a big hip-hop head. I'm a big hip-hop fan. And now my 12-year-old daughter, uh, she's getting really into hip-hop. So she's like, dad, like, what do you think about Little Nas X? I'm like, who? I'm like, I'm sorry. That's That's, I don't know who that is. I, I do. I know who it is, but I like pissing her off because it's but like, Ooh. yeah, yeah. But, but, but like, I'm like, no, that's not hip hop, man. I mean, you, you listen, you want to listen to hip hop? You got to start at the beginning. You got to start with, uh, you know, uh, you got to start with like the old G's, man. You got to start with Slick Rick. You got to start with like Heavy D. You got to start with, you know, all those guys. You got to gravitate up. Then you got to get into your, your 90s gangster shit, man. You got to get into your Tupac, your biggies. And then you got to get into like your angry shit, your M&Ms. And then you got to get into your G units. And then you got to work. I Like you got to get into Nas, Jay-Z. And I'm telling her, she's like, who are all these people? And I'm like, all right, Hip Hop 101. Yeah, yeah that's Hip Hop 101. <laughs> yeah. We're going to start. First thing we did, my wife and I, because my wife is very much into hip hop like I am. The first thing we did was show her straight out of Compton. Nice. That's we showed her we showed her nwa we showed her exactly what it was and you know what she's got she's got a great playlist on her phone and all i tell her is because she goes to catholic school i just say listen don't play any of that (laughs) play it on recess and wear your earbuds and don't don't play it super loud because all i want all i need is for you to be fucking teacher walking by being like Fuck the police coming straight from the underground. Like, oh shit. With a phone call. Mr. McKine, your daughter was listening to devil's music. Fuck off. It's not devil's music. 30 years that shit's been around. Fuck the police still reigns. I hate the police. Not because of that song. I just hate cops in general. I don't like them. <laughs> a lot of cops are jerks. A lot of cops are the kids that got bullied in school. Now they got power and they abuse it. And uh, straight up. If anybody that's a police officer that watches my show, thank you very much for watching my show, but I don't support your job. Okay, I don't. I don't. And I'm sorry that I'm sorry that may offend you, but I don't. I'm all no, about I'm they're all they're about following the law. Reference. Yeah, I'm all about following the law. I follow the law. I don't do anything bad. I don't. We get off here. I don't deal like cocaine and crack out of my garage. I follow. The law. I pay my tax. I do everything I'm supposed to. Now I may roll the occasional stop sign, and yes, yes, I have ran a red light or two or done an illegal e-brake U-turn. I have. Okay. I, I might go backwards through an intersection or two myself. One hundred percent. What's what's this? What's this? Yellow lights are just get to the other side quickly. They're not caution. They're just get to the other side quickly. That's all it is. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's <laughs> so, Dad, before I go, final question. 
Um, if anyone in this world or anyone in the Ontario indie scene that you haven't wrestled yet, that you would love to get in the ring, you mentioned so many great promotions. You mentioned appearing at C4, great promotion, probably one of the top promotions in Canada, hands down. Actually, I would say top in the world, straight up. If you don't know C4, check them out. They're fantastic. You also mentioned Barry Wrestling, run by Sean Gibson. He's a great, great guy, great promoter. Um, but myself personally, I think, I don't know if you've appeared there because I've only been working with them for a little bit, but I think the guys that run Battle Arts, AC Coca and Dave and HWE, there's a fantastic promotion. I could see oh, yeah. you and Johnny DeLuca having a fantastic match. I could see you and Rip Impact, the heavyweight champion, having one hell of a match. I think you would fit in perfectly into HWE to the point where I would love to see you smack Clay Wilson in the face. Because he comes uh, out as a French guy, but he's not French, man. He's from Jane and Finch, bro. He grew up in Toronto. He's not French. I, if I can just give an opinion out there, I would love to smack Clay Wilson in the face, regardless of the place that is at. <laughs> Honestly, that's that's just an entertaining time for me. That's an average. That's a That's a good Saturday night, if you're asking me. But yeah, HWE, I mean, I would love another shot at Rip Impact. I've only had one match against them, and I I would love to get that done again. Uh, there's, uh, You mentioned so many talented names. Even Johnny DeLuca is a young and upcoming uh, wrestler, you know what I mean? Uh, I'm sure that I could show him a thing or two in there, you know what I mean? Like uh, when we were talking about bouncing off the ropes, jumping up and down here and there, and uh, moving like a flash. I mean, he, he's right there. He's getting pretty close himself there. He's a good little worker, so. Oh, yeah, 100%. Vitamin D, man. You got to love Johnny DeLuca. He is, uh, he, yeah. is one hell, he is one hell of a TV champ. He's had some great matches. Had a casket match with Holden Albright the same weekend as the Destiny Show, and he lit it up, man. He lit it up. And and the casket yeah. match was phenomenal. So uh, a lot of great promotions. But, yeah, I would love to see El Reverso in uh, HWE. And um, I think I might put a bug in Dave and AC's ear. Remember that, guys? You know what I'm saying? Book this oh, man. Totally. Book this Thank man. You. He's good. I would love to see you. I would, I would, I'm, I'm the part of the commentary team. Great commentary team with Bill Chase and the Danimal. Uh, I would love to call an El Reverso match. That would be, that would be a, a definite feather in my cap for sure. hundred percent, hundred percent. Nice. The pleasure would be mine. Honestly, I'd appreciate it. Oh, there you go. So that's my final question. But Dan, if you're interested, I'd like to play a little game with you. I always like to find out a little bit of yeah, personal, sure. personality about my, uh, my guests. So basically, I'm going to give you two options. Ice cream and cookies, for example. You pick the first word comes to your mind. No thinking, Dan. You can't take a second. You just give me the answer, okay? Just like that. Five questions. Are okay. you ready? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. Quentin Tarantino or Martin Scorsese? Tarantino. I like that. That's a good answer. You're already... You're checking the boxes here for me, Alberto. You're checking the boxes. Okay. Uh, gangster rap from the 90s or Little Nas X now? Gangster rap. Okay, thank you. For a second there, I thought you were going to say the other side. I was going to be like, thank you so much for the time. I'm going to let you go now. <laughs> That's all my <laughs> questions. Okay. Uh, chocolate? Because it's a big question here. Chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate. Okay. Yeah. All right. You're, you're three. So far, you're three for three, Dan. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, Apple or Android? Apple. Okay. Now the really tough one. Really, really tough one. Burgers or pizza? Oh, I got to go pizza. Oh, he's all right. There you go. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's all right. Honestly, I love pizza and I can never eat it. It's one of the things that I'm like, when I can one day, it's my, that's the one I miss the most. And it's what I'm going to eat when I'm done the most. Why can't <laughs> you eat pizza? Gluten? Is it gluten? No, it's just part of like this diet that I'm like, honestly, to work this hard and to look like you, it's basically a very strict diet regime, you know, chicken and rice, eggs. It, it takes a lot to, to be able to, you know what I mean? Maintain a certain, 
uh, shape and condition. Like when you're talking about me never sweating in there, that it's, it's diet exercise, like every little aspect, every little piece that gives me a minute like edge I take right now. For Absolutely. Sure. I'm on a, I'm on a, I'm on a very strict diet myself. I had pizza twice last week. Um, just had some fried chicken earlier. Uh, probably going to have a burger tomorrow. And you know what? I treat myself on Saturdays. I do. I treat myself with a Kit Kat because I deserve a break. That's awesome. See, I can't wait. That's, that, that sounds like an awesome week to me. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, That's like all your cheat meals for a year. I do it in a week. And you know right. what? I may, I maintain the shape. See, I'm, I'm, I'm not like drop dead gorgeous or anything, but I'm adorable. I have adorable features. I got the cheeks and you know, I got the voice. So that's, that's what counts, man. That's what counts. Well, I would have said yes to a drink with you, George, for sure. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dan, if there's anyone out there who's stupid enough to not be following your journey, where can they find you on the wonderful world of social media? As you mentioned, uh, my Instagram is my name at Dan Paisano. Uh, my Twitter handle is Reverso, but it's OS Reverso. So that way it's the same front and backwards. And then again, on Facebook, you can find me as at Dan Paisano. So thank you very much. And I follow, Dan and I follow each other on all three platforms. So guys, do a favor and give this man a follow because he is one hell of a worker. And like I said, if you doubt it, check the Straight Talk Instagram page. I've got thousands of videos, uh, a lot of him and what he does in the ring. And he's great from taking the bumps to giving the bumps to putting on a show and telling one hell of a story. And as always, you guys know my 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 handles, but I'm a glutton for self-promotion. So at underscore straight talk on Instagram, straight talk wrestling on Facebook, YouTube, and of course Instagram. And um, I've got merch, okay? Spread shop. I've got a lot of great stuff. The mini host has got stuff. We've also got a couple things on pro wrestling tees. Dan himself has got one hell of a nice shirt. He's wearing it right now as we speak. So you know what? Hit him up. You know, buy, support your local. But if you're ever in Canada and you're ever looking for a good time wrestling-wise, check the boards, check the message groups, check Ontario Indie. It's a great Facebook page. They're always posting amazing content and amazing stuff that's going on in Ontario. Lots of great promotions out here. And uh, you know what, Dan? I'm going to I'm gonna hit up AC and Dave, and we're going to try to get you back on HWE because I think you and Johnny D would be one hell of a fight. I'd love to do it. Thank you very much, George. I'll talk to you later. Thank you for having me, man. All right, guys, that's it for this one. Peace, love, and wrestling. See you next time. Peace. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to tune in next week for another great episode on all available podcast platforms and hosted on Podbean. Also, check us out on YouTube at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And if you feel the need to buy some sweet merch, check us out on ProWrestlingTees.com. Leaving the scene with no trace Not in my league, you out of place I'm not at the top, I'm outer space Can't eat with us, we're out of place I'm doing fine, I'm feeling great You're not my fan, you can't relate Straight talk going state to state